Hey, Sisu Squad. Welcome to It's All in My Head, a podcast about people and their relationships with mental health. I'm your host, Joel Kaskinen. Before we begin, I want to share a content warning. It's All in My Head references mature themes, including suicide, sex, drugs, and alcohol, and contains language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Discretion is advised. Sisu Squad, welcome back to It's All in My Head. That's right, it's me once again in your ear holes, the Joel Kaskinen host and flawed human being that talks to you all about mental health. Um, I'm sitting here in my studio. Yes, my studio is my kitchen, and I say this every week. Eventually, I'll upgrade, but I'm sitting with my dear friend, Heather, and we have been talking for way too long and have not hit the record button, but we're going to make it all happen now. So, Heather Kittleson, thanks for coming in and joining me in vulnerability and in conversation today. I'm so blessed to have you. Thank you. And I don't think you should actually move your studio. <laughs> so even though you tell your audience you're going to, the kid, this is perfect. Like, it's so comfortable in your house. So I think you should always keep it here. Well, thank you. That's so sweet. Yeah. I mean, we've only been chatting for two hours, and I have a blanket <laughs> over my lap. And That's true. And it's cozy. Nice and cozy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for it's, having me. You're so welcome. Thank you for complimenting my makeshift studio. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Heather, um, my listeners, I think I've heard about you. I think I've spoken about you on the podcast at some point to other people who love and adore you like I do. Um, but because people don't know who you are and what your story is, uh, I would love if you would just introduce yourselves to the listeners and then, um, from your introduction, if you'll just jump into the one podcast question, which is what's your mental health, your relationship with mental health and where are you at in your journey today? Yes. Well, I am Heather Kittleson, and I'm a mother of four beautiful little children that run my life. Um, I'm quickly learning boundaries, and I'm learning uh, a lot of parenting things now that I am in my sobriety world, and my brain is clicking the way that it should. (laughs) Um, I'm getting a better handle on this parenting thing, and it's actually pretty joyful. Um, I am married to my... Uh, just most awesome best friend, Amos, who is so fun to look at. Um, I am uh, obsessed with listening to the way that you describe your family because uh, no one else in my world describes their family as like the foremost precious children who are the absolute best things in my life and then follows it up by like raving about how attractive and beautiful and <laughs> nice and kind and sweet your husband is. Like, I, why don't everyone talk oh, about their family like that? Well, and I'll be honest, like, there's there's so much that comes with that like they're not angels we um so i don't want to ever picture paint it like i have the most perfect family because i i mean we all 
they're, I mean, they're little devils on wheels most days, but I, I, I adore that about them. Um, I don't want to call them the devil because they're, I mean, like they truly just, their own personalities, they're bright and they're beautiful and they're challenging mm -hmm. and they, um, oh man. And then my husband and I, we just, we work really hard on our relationship. Like we're extremely intentional about our relationship. Yeah. So, um, he is. He is literally my knight in shining army. Armor. Army? Yeah, whatever. He is my army too. So he's I was like, just going like to say, he's just, he's, he could be the army. Yeah, he's always <laughs> protecting me. Um, so I do. I love my family. And um, I my title title is Foundation Director at Volunteers of America. But I'm a podcaster and I've been speaking about mental health and about alcoholism. And um, I feel like my purpose here on earth now at age 43 on the second part of my life um, is to be a huge advocate for just good human beings. I am... Oh, get um, that on a t-shirt. Advocate for good human beings. Yes. I Ooh, love that. Yeah. I want to advocate for just people being good and great to one another. There's no reason to to be an asshole. There's just not. And I am all about calling people out and yet um, just living my life as a servant here on earth to show people what being good and great is now yeah. that I have entered into a good place. And I haven't always been in a good place. So now that I'm there and I am operating in that, it's, it's fun. Yeah. I love that. So uh, getting into the good place that you're in, obviously took a long time and you had some bad places that you were in prior. Mm -hmm. Um, you've referenced alcoholism and your sobriety journey. So mm -hmm. what does that look like today? Obviously like you're sober, you're clean, your mind is in a good place. Your heart is in a good place, but what was it like back then too? I grew up in a family of generation. Well, there's a lot of generational alcoholism in my family, a lot of trauma. And, um, in my immediate family, I have three older brothers and my mom and dad, um, we have a, a pretty solid family and I just adore each and every one of them, um, extended into like three, four generations, just a lot of, um, uncles, uncles and aunts. My dad was put in foster care because of his grandma or his mom and dad, my grandma, grandpa that were also alcoholics. And a lot of deaths, a lot of mm -hmm. just chaos and a dis dysfunction. Um, and so I've lived it. I've watched it. I actually operated in that. I operated in a lot of, um, just even as I got into college and I was previously married and, um, making decisions based off a of codependency and never wanting to be alone. Um, so I think as I, from college into my previous marriage, into um, living the dysfunction, I was hiding alcohol. And I would find that I was, um, that I mean, it was accepted, right? Like it, when it's accepted in society and it's accepted in your family, because that's what everybody's doing, mm -hmm. you just kind of follow suit. And um, I used to think it was really cool to drink uh, football players at Mankato State under the table. I mean, like I would beer bong from a second, I'd be on the first floor and on the second floor, that's how big this oh beer bong was. And I'd be next to a 300 
football player, 300 pound football player, and I could do it faster than him, and I was like 135 pounds. And it was like, it was a big deal for everybody, like, dude, this girl's awesome. So I would get praised, and I would get all this for being the last one to put people to sleep, and I was the one drinking Jack Daniels. So my tolerance was always like um, praised, which looking back now, I'm like, dang it, like, that was the beginning of all of it. And mm-hmm. I used to, I still am a really, I'm just naturally coordinated and a good athlete. And something I do not know. <laughs> well, I couldn't, well, I guess it does. It's genetic. It really is. It does come genetically. So I, can, I don't know that I can teach you, Joel. Um, but I love, I'm competitive. And so it just naturally became you something that yeah. I ended up in. I self-diagnosed myself, um, I would say, probably in my mid-30s, but I never verbally said it to anybody. And I would try to hide it, and when I would hit anywhere in a dark place, I that's what I would turn to. And I would lie about it, I'd manipulate, um, and now fast forward three years ago, or four, I'd say four years ago, after I had Evelyn, my fourth child, I... I got um, postpartum depression, which I had never experienced real depression. I've always been an even keel um, person. Like my husband would joke, like, you never get your panties or never in a bundle. Like, do you ever (laughs) get mad or like sad? And I really honestly was just always kind of a tomboy um, and got along with the dudes and never had drama. So when postpartum depression hit, I was working part-time at VOA, I was working part-time for my husband's technology business, and then I had a newborn, a one-and-a-half-year-old, a three-year-old, and an 11-year-old. And with the postpartum depression, I had had people tell me about it as like friends and stuff, but I had never experienced it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it hit me um, in a sense of it made me go numb. I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't operate in any type of sadness or happiness or anything, and I was drinking straight vodka from the bottle to try to feel. And when all of that um, started to take a really, really strong turn south, um, that was when I realized that I not only had the depression to the pits of hell, um, I was drowning it in the vodka. And um, I did not want my family to have to live with an alcoholic mother and um, feared that because I had seen what that does. And I work with people in my profession that would talk about their alcoholic father or their alcoholic mother and how they wish they would have been dead or, you know, and all this is playing in my brain. And so on December 5th of 2019, I was going to take my life that day. And my husband, after everyone had left that, that, the house, Um, I was heading straight to the liquor store to buy two bottles of vodka and I had some pills set aside and um, as I was getting myself ready my husband actually came walking back through the door and said that he really knew that um, he needed to work from home that day there was something on on his heart and um, as a believer and um, a woman who has a very strong relationship with Christ 
I no doubt know that that was the Holy Spirit pressing in on my husband and otherwise I would not be here today. So um, I checked into treatment on December 17th of 2019 and I was gone um, for 30 days at New Life Treatment Center and got out and um, I had one little relapse in May uh, and the only reason that happened, my counselor said, don't worry about Heather when things are bad, worry about things with Heather when things are good. Yeah. Because most of us in the alcoholic world or addiction world, we tend to think that we got this. Once we're strong and once we feel mentally and physically better, mm-hmm. we think I can do this, I can have just one or I yeah. can have just two. And so I tapped into that on a sunny day, um, had friends my kids' friends were over in the backyard, and um, we were shucking corn in the sun. And um, I thought, I can do this. So I went and got a bottle of peppermint schnapps. And Amos noticed right away, and um, that was a really hard moment for me. That was like uh, the whole my whole world came to a screeching halt again. Yeah. And I thought, never again am I entering back in to this world because. Alcoholics and addicts, we have the on switch that never goes off unless we are so extremely intentional and do everything we can to feed our heart and our soul with other things so that we can leave that switch off. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if we don't turn it off, it will kill us. It's just the dirty, rotten fact that we have to deal with. Um, And I did not choose alcoholism. It is in my DNA, it is a disease and a diagnosis that is terminal. And I am not going down with that. So I currently, my state, when you talk about the mental health, like I have been to the pit of hell where I cannot breathe. And um, I like to reference it as like the devil has grips around my neck so extremely Mm -hmm. tight that like my eyeballs are popping out of my head and my heart is pounding out of my chest. Like every organ in my body feels like it is on fire and I can't breathe, um, and living in fear and living in the lies and the betrayal is the worst place to ever be, and I never want to go back there. So I'm continuously reminding myself of that state of the mental health that I was in Mm -hmm. and doing everything I can now to educate myself because I want to do better. So in order to do better, I have to know better. So I am constantly in a state of learning. I'm listening to podcasts and I'm um, meeting people. Every chance I get, I'm meeting somebody and picking their brain on their wisdom and um, starting the podcast. I want other people to share their story because sharing my story has been extremely healing for me. So hence why I'm here with you today, sharing it again (laughs) (laughs) because it never gets easier. because going back there is not easy, but it is probably the most healing Mm -hmm. for a state of sobriety for me. And to have good mental health, it it helps me to share it Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I resonate with what you're saying so deeply because, I mean, I started my podcast because I needed an avenue and a platform Mm -hmm. to share my own story as well. 
Um, we actually have so much similarities, so many similarities, you and I, um, our addictive personalities and our challenges with sobriety and alcohol and our struggles with mental health and the deepest, darkest pits of hell and, you know, having that thought of we don't want to feel the way that we feel any longer, but we also don't want our loved ones to feel that way either. So it might just be better off if we're gone and we're no longer here in this earth. And so, yeah, um, I just, I resonate so deeply with everything that you just said, but you have something that I don't have, which is the commitment and the self-discipline. Oh, <laughs> it takes a lot of work. To, remove those things from your life. You know, you said the boundaries, um, at the very beginning of this conversation is yeah. something that is very important to you. And I have not reached that boundary with alcohol yet. And it's, you know, been something that I've been working through myself, obviously. And you also referenced faith and being a woman of Christ. And I think that that is something that you have to latch onto and mm -hmm. to keep you motivated and to keep you disciplined and moving forward. And I think that's really cool. But, um, the point that I'm trying to ask or to get to is that you like, where do you find that self-discipline? Where do you find this conviction to work and be the best version of yourself every day? Because I mean, like you just said, sometimes it, it you just are, are so numb. You can't feel anything. You can't go to work. You can't get out of bed. You can't do anything, mm -hmm. but like, you have to physically and emotionally and mentally get yourself to that point. So what keeps you moving? How do you do it? Well, you referenced it and I, I do not use it as a crutch at all. There's a lot of people who will use their faith or their Christianity as a crutch. And I don't, um, I have every single morning a lot. So let me take a step back. There's some people who will, gravitate towards um, physical activity, like working out and they become like, that's where they put all their energy and they, their focus into working out. Um, or there's a lot of people who will gravitate towards humans and they want to be around people all the time and they're keeping themselves busy. And um, mine has been to do everything I possibly can to not be codependent of others and solely on um, my, my faith in Christ, because when all hell breaks loose, because it, it's gonna Inevitably eventually, it's going to. right? Like, and it's never the shoes going to drop because I live my life every single morning, waking up and saying, all right, God, like I'm all in, I am all in on you and my, on my faith and my relationship with you, because I have, I've been there. I've felt it. Um, my conversations with in my prayer and in my, um, time of like, if I can feel myself getting to a place of like feeling weak, it is simply just right back in the word. I get in the word and I have my prayer time and my alone time. And it, it just, it fuels me up. And I kind of joke that, um, some people will say like, I feel like I had a fire, like someone lit a fire. Mine is not a fire. I, I literally have a blowtorch under my ass. Like it is straight <laughs> on all the time. And I am, I'm just so full. I'm so full of wanting to do what is right and helping others. And when I just speak about like being an advocate, um, I kind of go wherever the Lord leads me. 
and being a believer and having the Holy Spirit inside me, like I am, I can be sitting with someone one-on-one and I can just feel my whole body and like, like this pounding on the inside of my chest. And I know it's, it's the physical, it's your physical heart, right? But like, I like to explain it that when I know I'm supposed to be saying something or I'm supposed to approach someone or like I can be walking through um, the street and I can look someone in the eye and I can feel that physical, I know I'm supposed to be acting. It's like an, it's like that blowtorch straight to the heart. My heart's pounding and I'm like, hey, is there, and I'll just ask like, I'll, hey, is there anything I can do to help you today? And inevitably, Joel, like every time, like tears will flow or someone will say, how did you know? Like, what is, what was it that you could tell something was wrong? And I don't take any credit for that. Like, I know that that is not me operating. Like I am truly being the hands and feet of Christ and operating in like in the prayer in the, my prayer in the morning, when I say, God, use me and you activate that, it's like, he fully does. He, you, I go through life now just on um, not necessarily a mission, but I'm just fully aware mm-hmm. of everything going on around me. And I get to be a part of something that is so beautiful now. It's, it's like a being the hands and feet. Like I've, I have things have happened through my podcast, um, where someone's called me and said, I got to tell you something that's happened. And I'm like, that doesn't just happen. That's right. not a coincidence. Yeah. Like it is truly like this webbing of that I get that I get to just uh, I, it's just fun like <laughs> obedience I've never been obedient I was the biggest rebel I would be like you want me to do Same. what <laughs> I mean I still I still am but I'm a rebellious obedient um, follower of Christ like I just I, I get to have fun in mm-hmm. all of it there's mm-hmm. nothing boring about being obedient when you're obedient in Christ you know, like I still get to operate in a very, very fun, like Amos and I have fun. Like we, there's just, everyone around me will be like, you're just, you're fun and you're so full of life. And I don't like to take, I don't want to take any credit for that. Sure. Cause I tap into something that is not humanly possible. Gosh, you just have this like way of, uh sharing your love and passion for life in a way that no one else does. I think that's what I am like so drawn to you by or for like literally every time you speak, it's you just know it. You're like, it's not me. It's just, this is, I'm just a vessel and I am happy and I'm fun loving and I'm doing the dang thing, but it's like, none of it's me. Like, you're like, it's just so good. You're so humble, but like you spit the truth, you know, it's, yeah. it's like so straightforward and so blunt and so real all the time that it's just like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And you like, you don't, it, you don't question it. it. You're like, I don't, <laughs> I don't. And there's some people who will be like, oh, it's all God. It's all God. And then yet, then they'll turn around and put 50 selfies on Facebook and <laughs> do these. I'm like, what? you don't come on people like just it's like Christ didn't didn't showboat he didn't run around and look at me look at me like it's I when I stand I stand firm in my conviction of like just I I just I love that you own everything that you do everything that you say because 
because you know that it's backed by Christ, I think it, that it, like you ha- you are fully representative of you and him. And I think he, she, they, whatever. I don't know. Some <laughs> yeah. person that's Christ, some deity that's Christ. I don't know what pronouns they use, but um, I just you you it's un, it's unapologetic and like you just you do it, and that's what's really cool. Like I. I guess I was floored the first time, like I heard you speak when we met. I was floored that you had struggled so deeply because just watching you now, it's like you're obviously a very different person and, you know, a different version of yourself. And you've worked really hard to get there. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know, maybe I'm inspired. Maybe I see that, like, it's possible to do that myself and it's possible to do that for others. And, I think, you know, working in the world of suicide prevention and in the world of mental health, like you don't always see the light. And so I think, you know, maybe like you're out here for a reason, you know, helping me along, helping our friends along, helping our community along, because we all just need that light sometimes. I don't know. I'm like, now I'm like not gaslighting you, but like hyping you up and like, what's the opposite of gaslighting? (laughs) (laughs) And you, you really said it. And I, maybe it's. Maybe the blowtorch is shining through my face. <laughs> <laughs> because, it, I mean, like, I don't have an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. People, It's just it's fascinating to me. Yeah, because I, I have energy that doesn't quit. And I, granted, I'm always caffeinated. <laughs> but, like... We switched from one drug to another. Yeah, <laughs> coffee. Yeah, pretty much coffee. I could drink it all day long. Same. But, like, I, I'm the same person all day, every day to every person Mm -hmm. that I meet. There's no makeshift of like leaving you now and getting in my car and being like, Oh, that was so exhausting. Like I am on and ready for the next thing. Yeah. And then, you know, energy wise, how that it's, it's like a, I tap into an energy that's, it's not, um, I can't, I can't make this stuff up. Yeah. I can't. And I want this for everybody. That's the other part. Like I, I know it's possible Mm -hmm. because I'm living it. And if I've gone from the pits of hell to being on the other side of it and how the peace and the joy that I feel on a continuous basis, I want this for everybody. Cause I used to have anxiety to the point where I couldn't breathe and I would pace and I'd Mm -hmm. cry and I'd be trying to catch my breath. And I'm like, why am I? anxiety well the anxiety was because of the lies and the manipulation and the betrayal and I someone's gonna catch me and I'm gonna where did I hide that last bottle and where like I said this lie and now I got to remember this lie and I'm like well now I just don't lie like just don't lie be honest be open and a lot of people are scared of judgment and there's if they open up they're gonna be looked at as a fraud well mm-hmm. we are though that's just yeah, it like yeah we are a fraud so admit it get past it and move on into a place where you don't have to have the anxiety yeah. and you don't have to have the fear like i showed my true colors i admitted i was full on out there like here's what i struggled with here's what i'm dealing yeah. with and i was so scared that people were going to be like what Oh, Heather, I knew it. I knew that she was a closet alcoholic. Like, nobody, nobody said that. I mean, maybe. And if they did behind my back, you better come and apologize to my face. But but ultimately, like, that, I don't, there wasn't a single person that was like, 
shame on you. Yeah. It was, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for getting help. I'm so proud of you. You know, and I'm like, I, God spared my life. Like he, he sent my husband home before I had a chance. And so now it's like, I, that's why I'm all in on living a really just good life, a life that I didn't even know is possible. And I can't wait to tap into even more of it. Like every day there's more and there's more and there's more. And I I just stay excited. (laughs) I know I can be a little bit much for people because I just am so full of life, but I think God's given me so much so that I have that much more to give to others. Yeah. Well, I don't think that you're too much because f- have you met me? I'm also you're... too much. <laughs> I mean, I can sit in your kitchen with you all day long. So I, ex- exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. Would... I don't think most people would be able no. to. <laughs> and we would go to bed and we'd wake back up and be like, <laughs> correct. Right back here. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Um, I had something to say and I just totally lost my train without because, uh, obviously we're distractible. Um, but it was something about what you were just saying about how your energy, your light never goes out. Oh, like tying it back into mental health. Obviously it's all about mental health, but like, I imagine that once you found this clarity for yourself, and you got clean, you got sober, you started to like put yourself first and to put your children and your husband first and to put God first. I imagine that probably also shifted things into into a perspective or a new perspective mentally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I can only assume, I, like I haven't had that. Mm-hmm. It happened to me yet, but I can only assume. Did you have like a moment that you were like, oh my gosh, like here it is, I'm so much clearer did that happen like in treatment? Did that happen after treatment? Like what? I don't know. <laughs> it happens. It, um, I, it, it has everything to do with how I react to things. Um, because we, we as humans, every single one of us individually, things are going to happen. How we react to things mm-hmm. is a hundred percent up to us. One thing that we have to stop doing is blaming others for the way that we are, right? So we all have trauma. We all have things that have happened to us that are hurtful and they suck. And there are people in our lives that we really are upset with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we're like, how dare they do that to me or to other people? Or, you know, so like there's this victim and the blaming and all that stuff. There's a culmination of things that they're just gross. It's just gross. And why, why, why spend time there? Why live yeah. there? Why we don't have to. So find the materials, find the things, because what I, what I did was tap into anything and everything I could find that would change, help me change my mindset and my reactions to things, because I want to react in a way that is positive a way that is encouraging, a way that is speaking life into my children and into my husband. And so the more I was learning and the more that I, um, I'm, I'm careful to speak, even though, you know, as well as I do that (laughs) I'm a a lot of like, again, and like having no filter and the things that I want to say used to come out of my mouth very quickly, especially under the influence, right? Like I would say things that were hurtful and rude and, was not of Heather character, was not of the person that Christ has made. Like my divine purpose is this positive, fun-loving, 
person and the alcohol was poison and was changing my reaction to things. So now that I operate in a healthy fashion of my react, the way that I react, I'm very like with my children, not raising my voice. Um, when my husband and I have very intentional conversations, I have trauma from my past marriage that I, he doesn't deserve for me to have things surface. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So figuring that out, getting like taking time to truly heal those wounds, to forgive the people that have hurt you, to have the really tough conversations, like pick up that rug and sweep the crap out of underneath the rug versus putting more under it. Yeah. Sweep it out, figure it out. Like what is all this crap that is making me react in such a fashion that is not doing any good in my mm -hmm. life. Like let's, let's start like every day can be a better day. The, the, the more uncomfortable we get. So I love uncomfortable now. Anytime something's uncomfortable, I'm like, Ooh, yes, <laughs> this is so <laughs> uncomfortable. Like, uh, cause something good's going to come out of it. I have been a part of so many uncomfortable things now and I've witnessed the beauty that comes out of it. Yeah. So like I get excited about when I see somebody working through something that is really, really hard. It's a good thing. Like go there, people go there, go to like the hard, hard, hard stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is the elephant in the room. The stuff that makes your heart pound, the stuff that makes you pick up that bottle, the stuff that makes you lay in bed for 10 days straight, step out of it. Like, it's really hard. And if you don't know how, like, I'll be the first to help you walk through it. Like I will offer that up myself. Like I have had other people call and go, I can't figure this out. I'm like, well, let's do it. Let's sit down and let's figure it out. Because once you do, this is a really long answer to what you asked. It's okay. But it really is. It's like, <laughs> I just know that I operate differently now because I'm, yeah. I'm very intentional and I'm very, I'm actually a little bit more careful. And before I was never, I just am, I'm careful in a sense of being true to who I am, but witnessing the way that I react to things in such a, sure. just a more peaceful way. Yeah. I'm just at peace. And that is a really fun place that. to be. It, I imagine so. <laughs> yes. You're kidding. <laughs> Stick with me, sweetheart. <laughs> well, I'm not going anywhere, so. Good. Good. Uh, well, I know you have to go. So, um, being conscious of time here, um, I want to close us out, um, because I know that we could keep going and talking forever. Um, so the kind of last podcast question is what does the word sisu mean to you as it relates to your mental health journey right here in this moment in my kitchen, as we're talking, um, so Sisu Squad listeners, if you are new or if you're tuning in just because you saw Heather Kittleson's name on the podcast <laughs> episode and you're like, oh, yes, love her. Got to get on. <laughs> um, if you don't know what Sisu is, it is a Finnish term that translates loosely to English is um, guts, determination, resilience, grit, strength, all of that jazz. It's more of a concept, but um, because it is not defined directly it doesn't translate you know directly um we kind of just lump it all into one concept of a bunch of different characteristics that define people 
And so I'm asking right now, Heather Kittleson, as you're sitting across from me in my kitchen, chatting with me for multiple hours, (laughs) what does Sissu mean to you? You know, when you asked me earlier, I had a totally different answer. But that's usually how it goes. (laughs) Now that I think about it, um, there's, there's a whole nother thing that's happening in my world of because I am willing to step out and do the uncomfortable thing mm-hmm. to have that grit, mm-hmm. to have the, have the resiliency, like I, f- I feel like for me standing on the stage or, or speaking out now and doing whatever God is calling me to do, it is this extra different place of like a different universe where I am a voice of those who no longer have a voice and I'm watching too many people that are taking their lives or that are still deep in their addictions and I am never going to shut up period like I'm never going to sit silent with this um, epidemic that we have going on I want to speak truth about what is going on and speaking truth about that dark, the, just the gross, because there's a, there's people that don't get it. There's a lot of misconceptions of what alcoholism and addiction is, mm-hmm. and people don't view it as a disease or view right, it as a right. diagnosis. And I want to be able to um, actually look some people straight in the face and say, shame on you for having judgment or for having... Um, I don't, I don't want to ever put shame on someone. I used to take that back, but it's more of the like, how, like, don't. See, you're too big of a person. <laughs> I am. I am a talent. I, yes. I, there's just, there's, I want to be that voice to help people understand. If you don't understand, please don't speak ignorance about something you don't understand. But if you have, if you have tapped in to some of the neuroscience and some of the things and why we do what we do yeah. and how we operate, how we operate it, it like be that voice, speak out with knowledge and with, to help people understand mm-hmm. the depths of mental health and of alcoholism. Cause it is, a, it is a really ugly place to be, but when you come out of it, be an advocate and speak out. That's what my, that's what mine is. Great. I love that answer. Of course, I love everything you say, but um, <laughs> I know I'm such a dork. I'm, I'm like, I love you. I love you. It's mutual. <laughs> it's mutual. Um, because this podcast I created uh, for the sole purpose of sharing my story and hearing other people's stories uh, to create healing and to normalize the conversation and also to create a community of people who have lived similar lives and struggles. If someone heard this conversation today and wanted to reach out to you, how could they get in touch with you? Well, the typical social media is obviously with Facebook or LinkedIn, um, Heather Kittleson. I also have my own podcast called Fortitude. Yes, I was going to say, if you do not plug your podcast. Yes, my my podcast is similar to yours where it's, um, you know, anybody who, anybody and everyone who's gone through any type of adversity at all. Um, there's some really powerful, amazing stories on the podcast and there's so many to come. I have a complete pipeline of just amazing people all Mm -hmm, over the nation mm -hmm. that are going to, that are going to speak on the podcast. So fortitude is the name of that, but otherwise, yeah, just main social media platforms. 
can we also talk before we close things out here that sisu and fortitude are kind of the same, the same thing yeah because it's it's overcoming pain and adversity so yeah. very much i so. just that literally just clicked into yeah. my brain as you were like talking about your podcast i was like oh my gosh look at us go mm -hmm. um so yes obviously you enjoyed this conversation it is not over yet because i'm sure heather and i will be talking plenty more maybe i'll invite her back for another episode i'll probably be on her up podcast so we can just you know collab each other and yes, constantly share the good word but um heather thank you so much for being here sissy squad thanks for listening and until next time stay well bye bye Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you find your podcasts. It's All in My Head is a member of the Not Today Media Network. You can find us on Twitter at Not Today Network. Make sure that you're following along with me on social media. I can be found on Twitter at All in My Head Show and on Instagram at It's All in My Head Show. Until next time, stay well.